and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. Jared Andrews is a Victorian-based photographer specialising in landscape and travel photography. His work features in travel magazines, advertising campaigns and shows off the landscapes he captures to vivid effect. Jared is also available as an Airbnb travel and unique accommodation content creator, wedding and engagements, and events. We discuss how his graphic design background has shaped his photography, why he thinks South Australia is the best state, along with a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, Jared. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, that's the way. Good to be here. Pleased to have you with me. Uh, why don't you start with uh, what got you started in photography and um, a little bit about who you are for uh, for the listeners? Yep. Um, what got me? What, what got me going was I've, I've always been out and about. I've always been a little adventurer ever since I was a young lad. Um, always been out hiking, bike riding, sports outside. And it's sort of I – I actually tra- – I travelled the world when I was a bit younger before I got into photography and then it was sort of – I sort of started out with a GoPro. I bought a GoPro and then mm-hmm. I used to just take that on my adventures with me, my hikes and my mountain bike rides and all that. And then it just sort of progressed. I think I put a filter on a GoPro and tried to get some long exposures of a waterfall yeah. and then I progressed to like a little, little sort of point and shoot and from then on I just sort of kept – upgrading gear and getting better gear and and sort of and then just learning and taking photos as i went um so yeah i've never really i've never done a course i've never done anything like that i've just sort of learned on the fly i don't even really watch many things like tutorials or stuff like that i just kind of get 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 out there and shoot make mistakes and try and fix them from there um okay and and photography is yeah just just a just a fun little hobby I do. Um, like I'm always out and about hiking and doing things. I don't really sit down a lot. And yeah. Yeah, taking photos is just one thing to bring back from your adventures. And for me, it was yeah, it was all about when people start to see your photos. It's the feedback you get and the sort of it's, it's me trying to inspire other people to get out and do it as well. Yeah, right. Um, so that's sort of how I got into it from a humble little GoPro. And I remember. It must be about five years, five or six years now, and yep. um, yeah, just putting little filters on that and trying to get long exposures, and away away I went. So, talk to uh, me a, a little bit about your style. How did how did that develop from where you started with the the GoPros and whatever? You know, what what was it that sort of drove that thinking around? Oh, I'll put some filters on, do some long exposures, and so forth. What uh, what what were you trying to achieve, and and did you make it? Um, I think I think I kind of seen I think I about that time is when I think a, it was sort of a lot more floating around Instagram back then, um, and I think I sort of seen other people's shots, and I wanted to sort of and I capture my own. Um, and then I guess my style of photography sort of comes from like I want to when I take a photo, I want to sort of inspire someone to get out. So a mm. lot of, not all my photos, but a lot of my photos, I try and put myself in them or capture someone in them. And I've always found that those those photos seem to generate more interest as well. Sure, um, sure. And I, 
in my mind, I think it's because people can see themselves taking that photo or being in that situation. And any photo I've ever taken, all my sort of most popular photos have always been something with me in them or someone in them. Yeah. Um, so I usually try and incorporate a person in it um, for scale or just so people get the idea of to get out and try that themselves and go visit these spots themselves. Um, and I, I think I, I, I shoot, I, I wouldn't say I shoot very, I wouldn't say I would shoot very realistically. I'm more of a, uh, an in your face type when I edit and shoot, I want to be in your face and I want to capture your attention, um, which is similar to my personality. And like, I always wear bright clothing and yep. have bright things. I've got to have a yellow kayak. I've got to have orange shoes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like to be like everyone else. I've always been someone that wanted to do something else. And if there's a trend, you usually find me not doing that trend. I'll usually stay away as much as I can. I want to sort of do my own things. Um, and that's I think that's why I've, I try so much different things in photography as well. Like I've got a water housing. I do my astro. I, I'm happy to get in the water and swim and take photos or um, take a few risks with the camera in certain spots because – I want to. I always want to try and, and take take different different shots. Yeah, nice, nice. Try and be as unique as I can. Yeah. So, how important to you is it to have that as a, a goal in your photography, and and how important is it for you to be unique? Um, I'm not sure if it's it's really important. I just I just think it's just my personality. Um, Sure. And and it's just yeah, I've I'm always I've, I've always been someone who's been a bit different and likes likes I don't like to I don't follow like to follow trends, I like to do things myself and and I think that's just it's just my personality that comes off in my photos more than um anything else. I I think it's just my personality coming through in my photos mostly. Yeah, nice, nice. Have you tried to or have you pinpointed that point where things changed from just sort of photographing, you know, with, with your point and shoot and, and so forth, uh, going from just recording experiences to, you know, turning it into something more artistic. Do you know, do you have a sense for when that started for you? Yeah, I probably got really into it probably about, I would say, three or four years ago now. It's mm -hmm. hard to keep track of the timeline, but... Um, I've always been creative. I actually studied graphic design at university, even though that is not what I do for a profession now. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. So I've always been sort of arty and, and I was a young bloke and I was always drawing. I was happy with a pen in me, pen in, pen in me hand and having a draw. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of, about, I'd say about three years ago, I sort of, I think it, the more I shot, the more I improved, the more I wanted to do it. Um, and for me, it was, it's all about the conditions for me. So I, I love chasing conditions. And mm. when you get, when you start getting, when you start to learn a bit more. So um, when I first started, I had no idea the Milky Way was only here a couple of, like half the year and it was gone. Where to go? I, I, it, things like that. I didn't, I didn't understand that at the start. I just go out yep. and take photos. And once you sort of understand about clouds and, conditions and seasons and once I sort of had sort of nailed that a bit more um, I would go out a lot more and chasing conditions and a lot of the times like I really enjoy taking the photos and being out there at the time mm -hmm. I'm not 
I, I don't get super pumped on editing photos. Um, it, it, that's sort of on the back burner. Sometimes I take lots of photos. I come back when they're fresh in my mind, I'll edit them and post them and then I'm ready to go out again. So there's always a lot of photos that will ne that never really make it because I'm, I'm, I really love chasing conditions and, and when, yeah, you, yeah. when you get those good conditions, that's, that's what it's all about. And that's, that's what drives me and is what driven me. Um, that's sort of what hooked me is chasing those conditions. And it yeah, was right. more about learning, learning. As soon as I learned a bit more about what was going on, and I think that's when it sort of clicked and it, it made me want to chase more. Cool, cool. So when you go into the field, are you going with a lot of planning behind you or have you, you know, are you basically saying, oh, all right, the forecast tomorrow looks good, let's go, and, you know, do it more spontaneously? Yeah, I... I'm pretty spontaneous. I kind of have ideas in my head of a shot that I want to get. And it's mm -hmm. either one that I've seen when I'm out there and haven't had the conditions or uh, something for a season or something like that. Um, and then a lot of times I will chase that shot and chase it and chase it and chase it until I get it. Once I get it, I generally move on and try and find something else. Yeah, um, right. I'll get things in my mind like I'll, I want to get – a Milky Way over a, a tree in a field of canola, yep. and that, that might I might be chasing that for a year, two years, and once I get that, I haven't been in a canola field since. So <laughs> yep. um, it was more about finding. Like I found, I found a tree. I found a farmer that would let me go in his paddock, um, and then it was a matter of getting the conditions for it. And then as soon as I got that shot, that was it. And then I yeah. go on to something else. So then the next thing was like, I want to get a Milky Way shot with a water housing half on un half underwater, half over top. So then I was really driving to get that. So that's, that's kind of how I sort of go. I sort of get something in my head or a shot in my head and I'll keep going until I get that. When I get it, I'll try and find something else to hunt. Yeah. All right, cool. So do you have a sense for where those ideas come from? Are they just things that pop into your head? Are they inspired from somebody else's work or what what how, how did, what's the process for dream, dreaming up that concept? Yeah, I don't really know. I I generally like I do like a challenge. So if it's not easy, I will definitely try and do that. Um, if it's something I haven't seen before and an idea pops in my head, I'll definitely chase that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I was just, I just, I don't know, things just pop in my head and then I go, has anyone else done that? Have I seen that? Obviously, pretty much every photo has ever been taken. Like, it's, but whether it's or not, hard to find something unique. Yeah. There, there, there's still a few out there, but it's hard. There would yeah. be. But whether or not I've seen it before as well is another thing. Yeah, that's it. So if I, in my mind, if, if I'm like, I've never seen a an, a Milky Way shot with a water housing half underwater, half over half over water. In my mm. mind, I've never seen that before. So then, if I've never seen it before, then I want to chase that. Obviously, it's probably always been done a million times. But if I've never seen it, then that's what's going to drive me to take that photo. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And it comes cool. back to my personality again. Always trying to be different, be unique, and and it's always a challenge. If it's too easy, I generally won't go there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So what what what's what's the threshold for easy versus hard? I guess like if you give me a lookout where I'm going to stand there still with my tripod up and take some photos, generally that's that to me is 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 a bit it's not as it's not exciting enough for me. So yeah, it doesn't get the engine right. Doesn't yeah. So things like that, like you won't generally find me at a lookout or uh, somewhere where you'll I'll be 
trudging down the hill or I'll be going close to the water, things like that. So yeah, right. um, things like that, but I guess there's no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's fine. Um, what's the feeling like when you've nailed it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's that's when I, especially if it's something I've been chasing for a long time, like if I've got a shot that I've wanted to get and there's been plenty in a spot and I'll keep going back and going back um, until I've got that shot, especially those ones that take you ages. Like I will be, if I'm by myself, I'll still be yelling and screaming and yahooing and, and, and celebrating and driving home with a big smile on my face. And then then I really want to get home and chuck the photos on the computer and edit the yeah, photos right. and post the photos. Um, yeah, I get pretty pumped. And, yeah, if you're with me, then I'll be I'll be pumped and share that with you. If I'm by myself, I'm still going to yell and scream and, and, and <laughs> awesome. enjoy the moment all to myself. <laughs> I think that I think that'd be absolutely awesome to see too. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a few people that have been with me that have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, in terms of making something unique, um, are you putting a lot of thought into the, uh, the the concept first and foremost, or is that just sort of a nebulous idea and then you formulate in in the field in terms of you know finessing what the composition is going to be and how that's going to work or do you have a pretty good set uh you know idea in your mind before you get out into the field no i generally have no idea at all fair enough (laughs) i'm generally i do i'm always i always like to get to a place early so i've always got plenty of time Mm -hmm. um that's like me with anything i'm never late to anything um you tell me to be somewhere and i'm there 10 minutes early an hour early um, and the same thing with photography. If I've got a place to go to, I'll, I'll, I'm never rushed. I'm always there super early. I'd rather spend three hours at a spot um, looking at compositions and, and testing spots. And and then generally I will, I will find a spot that I think works, um, but it's always on the fly. And then a lot of times once I have a concept and an idea in my mind, I generally won't move or change. So mm. sometimes that's a bit of a burden because I could get a, a awesome conditions. They may not work with the composition I've chosen. Yeah, um, right. A lot of times I'll, I will sit there and I'll stick with that composition and just hope that it does work rather than run around like a headless shook trying to take something that I hadn't planned. And I think that comes back to my personality as well. I'm very, I'm a bit OCD about things as well. So uh, once I got, once I've found that composition and I've locked it in, and I know what I want to do, then I sort of generally stick to it, no matter what. Um, mm. Even if the sky's going crazy behind me, I will stick stick there. Okay, wow. Okay. Um, generally, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, how would you define success in your photography? Um. Oh. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really worry too much about it um for me it's i just i enjoy it and i enjoy posting photos and i enjoy people uh interacting with those photos and i I don't i don't mind too much i just i I just enjoy it myself so it doesn't really it doesn't really worry me too much um and like i said like i enjoy the moment being out there as well um if you took 
any way of me sharing my photos, I would still be out there taking the photos and celebrating and Yahoo and want to get a good one. Even yeah, if yeah. looking at the back of my camera at the end of the day and showing a few people the back of my camera, um, that gives me the main, that gives me the most satisfaction out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I've noticed you've uh, got one of your prints on the, on the wall behind you. Do you print yeah. much of your work or is it? Yeah, no, I do print. I do print a lot. I've got a lot of prints sitting just in a folder there. Like I, I really good shots that, are, well, shots I think are really nice. Um, yep. Shots that I've been chasing, shots that I think will look, I print a lot of photos um, and some, yeah, sometimes they just sit in this little thing, but just getting the photos, um, looking at the photos in print, um, yeah, I love it. It's great. I do. I print a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. I I do a lot of the uh, the photo books. Yeah, and I yeah. I'm not doing them to sell sell the books or anything. Yeah. They're just for mine and my family's personal enjoyment. You know, it's just. Yeah. I think I don't think there's anything nicer than seeing your your work in print. You know, it's got that yeah. tactile feel. You got nice paper. It's 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 just a, a really nice experience. I think. Yeah, I I love printing my work. Yeah, I do a lot of it. I I don't. It doesn't have to be printed massive. It doesn't have to be super good quality. But I get some prints and I get them sent to me all the time. And yes, yeah, so I've got like plenty of little prints around. So. I really should start just giving them away or handing them out to people or something. <laughs> they're all just sitting there doing nothing. Um, but my whole house is full of my prints. I've got prints on every wall. They're all mine. Yeah. Yeah, nice. The whole, the whole house is decorated with my prints. And then when I get one that I like more than another, I usually just open up the frame and chuck the new one in. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I just, just replaced one uh, that I've had for, for years hanging on the wall. And uh, I got this. Uh, I was up at the Sunshine Coast and got this beautiful uh, uh, rainbow coming down behind the the lone tree up there at oh, uh, Mullaney. Yeah, yep. um, that's, that's nice. <laughs> and you know, I had, set it up as a nice sixteen by nine pano and everything, and it you know fitted perfectly in this frame that I had another pano in, and it was kind of like, all right, time for that one to retire, time, time for the new one to, to come in. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a lot of prints ordered at the moment and I'm keen as to see them, like I'm buzzing. Yeah. I'm, I'll, as soon as I get, I've got that, I've got the notification that they're on their way, so I should get them this week. Yeah, um, nice. And I just got all my, um, I just got ordered, I do a calendar every year yep. and same thing. I first got the calendar, 10, 10 calendars just to give to family and friends and then, yep. More people wanted them, and um, it's getting grown and grown and grown since. And um, it's cool because returning people always, as soon as you say you've got it, they're back and they're back in. So I've got that sort of fifty odd people that always nice. want, yeah. want another one. Um, so I do that every year, and then also that's that's one I've got for myself. And then I always chuck one away. So then now I've got my twelve favorite photos every year if I want to go back and have a look i've got a little folder and i can go back and check all my calendars and stuff so yeah i've got a lot of calendars i've got a lot of prints ready to come come out this way now so i should get them next week oh very cool that's nice so do you put a lot of work into the prep for printing or are you more sort of leave, leave it up to the uh, the printers to try and sort out yeah i like to i like to get pretty hands-on so i do leave it to the printers and then i usually get my prints delivered to me and then I do all the framing and stuff. So yeah, um, right. I like doing the framing and cutting the boards and 
um, doing it myself. And then if I want to get a cheap frame, I get a cheap frame. If I want to get an expensive frame, I get my expensive frame. Um, Yeah, so I usually like to do all that myself. So, um, yeah, at at work, I have a lot of downtime to do things like this stuff in the middle of the day, like editing and doing this sort of stuff. And um, I generally do one market in Ballarat a year and I usually, like that's what I'm sort of gearing up for now and I'll, I'll get a few prints and frame them and and get me calendars and, and sort that out and cool. You know, yeah, I like to do it all myself. I'm artsy and crafty. Yeah, very hands on with that stuff. Yeah, and a little bit cheap, so a bit of a, <laughs> I like to do it myself. Save save some money. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly the way uh, the price of everything's gone up recently. It's uh, it, it's it, it's getting to be very challenging uh, get getting yeah. anything done there. With with anything of me, if I can do it myself, I'll do it. Yeah, so yeah. At work, I'm the janitor. I'm the I'm the cleaner, the janitor. I'm the everything guy. I don't mind if I can do it myself. I do it myself. I never pay anyone to do something I can do. Yeah, fair enough. So, <laughs> t- talking about work and whatever, you 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 working full time, and then you know photography's a, a side hustle or. Yeah, so I I, uh, I own a gym, so I'm a gym yep. owner. That's what I do back in, in down in Ballarat here. Um, and it's sort of I just seen a thing pop with the other. So it's been ten years since I got into the gym game, and I started off in a little park doing boot camps, and I've built up from a rental to a, a space that I own and I've built myself. Nice. Um, and with with personal training in the gym, your most of your work is sort of five or six a.m. till about nine a.m. And yeah, everybody you, bug, buggers off to work and it's pretty quiet. Work. Yeah. yeah, and then you get busy again from about 4 p.m. until about yeah. 8 p.m. Um, so I do a lot of work in those hours. And then during the day, um, general stuff with the gym, running the day, gym day-to-day day and cleaning, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Any other downtime, it's, yeah, I, I edit my photos and I um, I do, do, do all my photography stuff during the day. So it's quite good. I When it gets to the weekend... I never go to. I never near a computer on the weekend. Once yeah. it once it hits the weekend, I'm, I go out and about. And I take my photos. Um, and the good thing about where I'm at now, so in the last twelve months, I've made, I've got to a point where my gym's twenty four seven. So I get I can take time off whenever I want. Um, so if I want to take a, a a long weekend, a Thursday to Monday off, or if I want to go. Um, I can actually do that. So it's good now. I don't have to ask. I don't have to be there. Um, yeah, and if I want to take a month off and go to Iceland for a month, I can do that now, which is great. Cool. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a great place to be. And it is, it's just, it's a, it's just a hobby and something I enjoy. Yeah. And if I make a couple of bucks here and there, then that's good. But right. mostly whenever I make money from it, I usually generally put it straight back into it. So yeah, yeah. Um, whether it's buying gear or doing a trip, um, whenever I make money through photography, it's it goes straight to into another road trip or another trip or more gear or something like that. So all the money I do from it just goes back into itself. Yeah, brilliant. Sounds sounds like you've uh, nutted out how to how to balance your your, your work life and your your photographic life. Yeah, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty good balance now, especially with all that downtime I have during the day. is perfect time to edit photos and plan trips. <laughs> Fantastic. A lot of people how, don't, don't have that option. How do you, how do you balance the family in amongst the the other the other two parts of your life? Um, if 
I've got a camper van, which helps. That that's really handy. Yeah. So I've got a big camper van, and I drive all around the country. And if if the missus and the dog want to come, then they jump in, and we go around and we go away. And usually, I um I get up early for me sunrises, and if they don't want to get up for if they don't want to get for sunrise, they sleep in. And I've I've been building and changing things and then now I've even got a little motorbike that I put on my back of my van and when I go places, nice. I, don't, I don't even have to move the van. They just stay there and I jump on the <laughs> motorbike and off I go. Um, and it, with with family, my, my partner, we're very opposite. So she's a bit of a homebody and is happy to go on adventure every now and then, but I want to go every week. Yep. And she is happy to, 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 stay, to stay at home every now and then, which gives me the the leg up to get out and have a look and do things. Um, nice. yeah. The van, I think the camper van definitely, it helps a lot. Um, yeah. Even like if I want to go out and shoot on a last minute on a Friday night, I can leave and sleep in the van and then drive back on a Saturday morning. And it's like, I've never been gone and I've, yeah. been, gone and I've been up for sunrise and sunset and taken some Astro shots. So the van is definitely key to um, keeping, keeping everyone happy. I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talking about the van, uh, you do your own builds, I understand. Yeah, it comes back to me being cheap again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than spend a fortune on a nice fancy camper van, I like to build up so the old paperclip to a to a whatever you want to buy type scenario where I started with a right. Couple of thousand dollars, like two thousand dollars, and bought a Pajero, and then built it into a camper and sold that for like seven grand. Then I uh, sold that for like seven grand. Then bought a um, little tiny camper van for four grand. Then sold that for ten grand, and then um, bought myself a Transit and then built that up. So that's where we're at at the moment. So got yourself into a Ford Transit that's probably worth a few bob now for two thousand dollars. It just took me a bit of time and a bit of labour and. Yeah. Um, my old man's a builder, so he's got all the tools. So ah, cool. I, I, yeah. I go around to his house and use all these tools. And <laughs> it's kind of a little son, son, father projects we do too. So me and him both get stuck into it. And anything I don't know how to do, he knows how to do. So it's pretty well, magic. Yeah. I guess, yeah, having having a, a cheap bare bones camper, uh, uh, bare bones van means you can, you've got a blank slate and you can pretty much design it how you want. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I've done is I've 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 learnt from other things I've done and changed it along the way, and even now I I kind of I I know now what to change in the next one. But yep. my van compared to everyone every other van is very different. I've got a lot of storage and like I I have a, there's certain things I've done that like my van has so many toys and it's got kayaks and paddle boards and, and <laughs> fireplaces and everything in it and bikes. Wow. And it, it's it's so different to everyone else's van because I've got it set up for myself and that's the best thing. Like I'll, I'll, when I go overseas, I'll rent a van and just go, God, this van is just like... This doesn't have what you need. <laughs> opportunity to make this van so much better. Yeah. <laughs> so having the van um, the exact way I want to have it and... And having everything in it, like I can literally grab some hamburgers and snags and some eggs from the supermarket, off I go, and everything's in the van ready to go. Um, yeah, brilliant. And then I kind of have it set up in winter and summer. There's different things in it. Um, but, yeah, everything, everything's in there, ready to go. Yeah. No, nothing better than a home away from home, I reckon. No, it's great. 
And <laughs> most of the time, um, I don't have to get up at two in the morning to get to a place three hours away. I just leave the night before, park up, wake up, and off I go. That's it. Yeah. that That's the dream, isn't it? It's great. <laughs> so aside from, uh, you know, selling the odd print and so forth, are you trying to make money in other ways, like doing workshops or anything like that, or is it just really um, prints and your, your calendars and stuff? Um, yeah, it's – I do have a couple of images that have been licensed to some uh, – what do you call it when the people – Oh, the agencies, yeah. Yeah, it's like an agencies. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of photos that have done really well and they just – I kind of get a bit of money like every quarter. Royalties, yeah. yeah. The royalties roll too. So I've had like – there's literally one photo that has really just been just feeding me money for a while. Nice. Um, and that's been really good. Um, and at the start, I was a bit hesitant to let that happen. But now I'm like, yeah, great. What, what photo do you want? Take them all. Um, <laughs> it, it's been a good little thing. But uh, a lot of times it's um, – I do whether it's a, a, a hotel chain or it could be a, a travel agency or a – so yeah. like a tourism board um, – Things like that. A lot of the times, they'll they'll hit me up for um, for for a, a bit of um, photos and stories and things, and they will give me a place to stay and adventures and things like that. So nice. I probably I don't make a lot of money, but I get to do a lot of things for yeah, yeah. free. And I think a lot of a few a lot of photographers might say like that's probably hurting them and things like that but i'm not a photographer either i don't see myself as a photographer i enjoy okay. it's a hobby but i'm yeah. a gym owner i own a gym and i do a lot of that sort of stuff so i just did one for um where did i go sunshine coast i just did one with sunshine coast yeah, yeah. it was awesome it was yeah they sent me on all these different adventures every day and it was amazing i get some photos for myself and I give them photos and everyone's everyone's pretty happy. And um, I do that with a lot for Tiny Away as well, a little, uh, the, all the tiny homes, I do that. Mm-hmm. And from that, from doing those as well, I've been, obviously I've been, now I've been hit up by a uh, another company that has a lot of really unique um, accommodations and they, they want to pay me some money to do that as well. So from doing those other things, I, I do that. But for me, um, I will go on these holidays. I would go rent a tiny home anyway. So yeah, you can't do it anyway. Yeah. If they're going to put me up for a couple of days, and a lot of times the photos these places want are very, very easy to capture. Um, and once you sort of know what they want, um, then, yeah, it's like sometimes I'll go away and spend an hour or two doing these things, and then after that I've got two days to get my own photos and enjoy it myself too. So... Um, yeah, I probably don't make a lot of money, but I get a lot of experience, experiences yeah, nice. and travel from it. Yeah. So that's sort of where I sort of get my kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, not so much talking about the tourism board and uh, the, the, the work that you do there, but in terms of your, your print work and whatever, uh, one of the big questions everyone asks is how, how do you set a price for your work and, you know, 
how do you yeah, how do you know what the, how, how do you know yeah it's the million dollar question for everyone you know, in yeah. photography how, how do you how do you land on that price is it you know cost plus or is it you know something else yeah it, it's, it's a tough one so i'm more of the i i probably go more the side of trying to make it as cheap as i can for them as well so yeah. I generally don't spend a lot of money on the actual print. Um, and I like to do, yeah, the framing and everything myself. And I, I, I cut the boards and do that. So I probably spend, I spend less money on the actual print. Um, I do a bit more of the work myself, framing and things like that. So I keep the cost down that way. Yeah. Um, and generally for me even with everything like if i put a drink in my fridge at the gym if i can't make if that if i can't double my money on what i pay for that drink i generally won't put that drink in the fridge so yeah if right. it cost me two dollars if it cost me two dollars for a water i'd sell it for four dollars or i wouldn't wouldn't bother yeah, um right. That's probably a bit too much for water, but as an example, <laughs> so if I can get a print, I'm not buying water from you, man. <laughs> no, if I, can, if I can get a print printed and framed for a hundred dollars, if I sell yeah. for two hundred bucks, I'm happy. Yeah, fair enough. And for me, like I said, it's, I'm not a photographer. I enjoy it; it's a hobby. I love it. But if I can get my photo on someone's wall and make 50 and make double my money and make it what it, what it cost me to make it to put on their wall then I'm happy yeah, yeah, yeah. and and f- for me that's probably I get more of a buzz of that than making money um and the more I've sort of enjoyed my time actually taking the photos the less I've wanted to a lot of people say to me oh you should do this as a living or you should go do some weddings and I I enjoy doing weddings but I enjoy doing weddings the way I want to do it. So on my website, I have like literally this is what I want to do for you. I want to take special photos that you want to print on your wall. Yep. Say 10, you'll get 10 amazing printable photos on your wall. But if you want like a cookie cutter, 500 photos of cake and people eating cake and and you getting ready in the morning and your ring sitting on the table. I'm not really Forget the guy it. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can send you 10 people that are the guy for you, but that's yeah. not So, and that's kind of the, the way I am with that as well. So with anything, if they want to get outside at, at, at night and do a shot with the Milky Way over them or the moon or they want to get up at, get up for, get out for sunset, um, one of the first questions I usually ask if someone wants to do a wedding or a, a maternity shoot or something like that is like, do you want to? Can we shoot at sunset? If they say no, generally they're not really the person for me. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't know. I think I've gone sidetrack on that question anyway. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> great, great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk to me a little bit about Ballarat. Um, you know, is it somewhere you grew up, and uh, yeah. you know, it's where, where you've always been, or is it somewhere you've moved to? And yep, I was born in Ballarat. And I've basically lived here all my life except for the five-odd years I sort of travelled and lived on the other side of the world. But, yeah, yeah Ballarat's, yeah, Ballarat's not bad. Ballarat's, it's it's country, but it's not too country. Yep. It's it's quite a big town. It's about 120,000 people or yeah, so. Yeah. It's a big but enough town to not, it's a big not town. know everybody. <laughs> yeah, not know everyone and you've got everything there and there's no traffic jams, which is good. Yeah. Um, and you're an hour from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an hour from the coast, so Geelong, Great Ocean Road, yep. 
for an hour from that. Um, and apart from that, I've I sort of I've traveled the world. So I've lived in in Canada. I've lived in America. I've lived in um, in London. Um, and every time I've always come back here. And and now I'm kind of set up. And I think being in Ballarat, it's it's not. Now it's quite it's getting more expensive to buy houses here and and yeah, yeah. buy properties and rent. But when I set myself up, sort of five years ago, it was it was amazing. Um, and like I bought everything dirt cheap. If I was trying to set up what I've set up now, I'd I'd have no chance. Um, yeah, yeah. So Ballarat is good that it's close to everything. Um, it's an hour from the city. It's an hour from the beach. And it, it's pretty cheap. There's no traffic jams. And the funny thing is Ballarat's always known as quite a cold place. Um, yep. And I hate I hate cold too. I'm not a cold person. Okay. Like, growing up, like grow, growing up, I was wearing shorts all year round just just because. Um, <laughs> and just, I was a bit silly. But it's very cold here. But And I really love warm climates and I think the one thing originally that was keeping me here was things like AFL is very Victorian. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know if I've travelled anywhere else, it's 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 very hard to – I couldn't go see a game. Like I'm, I'm a Bomber supporter and I couldn't go and see a game, an Essendon game. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have to fly back or you see one or two a year. Um, so that was another thing sort of tying me back. But now, yeah, so set up now that, yeah, I'm hoping that – I might be able to retire a bit earlier and move away. So, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, I'll ask you about where you want to retire in a minute, but um, talk talk to me a bit more about Ballarat in terms of how that has shaped what you shoot. You said obviously you're an hour from the coast and all that sort of thing, which means travelling uh, a, a little bit. Do you shoot much around Ballarat itself, or have you shot around Ballarat itself? Um, I I have, but I know I, I definitely don't shoot anywhere near as much around Ballarat than I should. Um, but that sort of I think comes back to me chasing the adventure. Yeah, and right. also if I can literally go down the road and take a photo and it's, it's a ten minutes drive, it's it doesn't entice me as much as yeah. driving two places to take photos. Um, I think I did when I went and did my first sort of market and things. The Ballarat photos went super fast, like bang, 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 all gone. And then there were all these photos from all over the world and no one bought them. Yeah. And then that kind of changed myself a bit and I actually went out and took a few more Ballarat shots um, and spent a bit more time shooting Ballarat. Um, but I've, I've kind of taken all them shots now. and um, Been there, done that. Yeah. Been there, done that. And I think back to my personality and I like the chase and I like the the, the – the experience of getting out there and I enjoy driving. I enjoy driving. Like I constantly drive eight hours, 10 hours just for the weekend and drive back. Um, I've been up to sort of country New South Wales, like three, four times in the last two months. Um, But I'm going up again next weekend. Um, So like I don't, and I, I, I found a lot of really, cool people I connected with in Sydney. So I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time um, traveling up there and catching up with them and shooting with them because I found we had a similar way of shooting and personalities and something yeah, right. that I haven't found as much in Victoria or haven't found those people as much in Victoria. 
Um, so I spent a lot of time traveling up to New South Wales. So I, um, yeah, I definitely don't shoot in my hometown a lot, but like I said, I've got those shots already. So, yeah, um, yeah. I feel I've got those shots already and, um, I, I, my personality sends me, sends me further away, I think. So sounds like you travel a fair amount. Do you have any clue as to how many Ks you, you do a year? No, but I've, I've, since I've had my van, I would have had my van for two, three years maybe. Um, I've what have I put on it? Put about one hundred and fifty thousand on it. Wow. Okay. And this is coming from someone who really only travels on a weekend too. Yeah. Um, so somewhere um, around forty, fifty k a year. <laughs> yeah. So I only yeah I, I put a lot on it. Like I service this van. I get a service every 10,000 Ks and like I'm obviously getting service three of four or five times a year. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of more known for just very long adventures. So right. whether it's, I'll go to Canberra for the weekend or I'll go to somewhere on the New South Wales coast or across to South Australia just for the yeah. weekend. Um, and then like I've driven all the way almost to the Western Australian border in South Australia, like in a day, like, yeah. And then driven back over a, a day, like I've done that um, before too. So I'm known for also not driving a lot, but then driving a lot in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the furthest you've uh, driven to get a shot? Uh, that would be my Pink Lake, my 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 Pink Lake shot in South Australia. Yeah, I drove. It's I can't remember. I think it's twenty. I think it's twenty. Two hours away from Ballarat, I think. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I've, I know on my Instagram I wrote all about it and how far it was, but I drove there in three days, and then I, I, I the funny thing was I, I, I map, I plan everything out and I mark when I want to be and how far it is and all that, and yep. then I, somehow on this particular trip I had put the same date twice, so. I knew we had to be for New Year's Eve. We had to be back in Adelaide, well, past Adelaide to the Murray, so up up on the Murray there. Yeah. And I accidentally put the thirty first twice, and we got we were sort of we took the photos there, and it was great. And we we're sort of dawdling around, and we got a phone call saying, "What time are you getting there?" And I said, "What? What time? What time are you going to be there for New Year's Eve?" And I said, "What? That's tomorrow." And I said, "Nah, nah, tonight." <laughs> and I just put the wrong put the date in twice and then I had to drive from uh, what's that town called? I can't think of it right now. I can't think of the town now, but anyway, I had to drive from there all the way back to where we we're having news. And even, I think it was about 16 hours. Wow. <laughs> so I literally drove to this spot and the whole trip was based around going to this spot and taking that photo. Um, and I think it was over four days. I think I did it in, um, sort of three there and one or two back and then um but in the end that that photo was the most popular photo the one that's made me the most money the one that keeps keeps producing um and that's where that's where all my growth came from on platforms yeah right it was all from that one photo that i took so in the end all of that ended up paying off yeah nice (laughs) all that money fuel it paid off (laughs) nice when something like that happens yeah <laughs> so what's what's your favorite spot that uh just keeps calling you back and is it because you haven't nailed it yet or is it somewhere that you just keep 
wanting to go back to. Yeah, Mount Buffalo is definitely one of my favourite spots and it was one of them spots that I spent two years, multiple trips. Um, I think the one I wanted to get this shot of a nice guy over the Cathedral Rock there and I yeah, think right. one year I think I went up seven times. Wow. And it was it's about it's about five hours each way yep. for that one. And I went up seven times. It had to be this is in winter, not over the year. This was in winter because I wanted the snow. Yeah, um, yeah. I went, so I went up seven times over maybe two, three months. Um, and the one time I was going home, another photographer there, um, you might know him, Oat, Hanging Pixels. Yep. Yep. Oat was there and he was staying that extra night. He was staying Sunday night and he said, look, the conditions are good. And I had, I knew I had the five-hour drive to get back to Ballarat and work the next morning at 5 a.m. And in the end, he sort of pulled my leg and I stayed. And I think I left there at 8 p.m. at night and I had the five-hour drive to get home. And I, by the time you hike back down and get in the van, I think, like I remember pulling in the driveway about three or four in the, like four in the morning and having to wake up at five. Um, and that was this, that was at one of those spots I. I just kept going back until I got the shot, and that's what was drawing me. But that's that area I love. That's probably my favourite area in Victoria. Um, and I went up, I went up uh, once this year as well. And it's just a great area. There's so many different things you can see and do, and there's always new places you can find. Um, and then, as a region, I've really sort of fallen in love for South Australia now. Yeah, um, right. And that's my favourite state, my favourite place to go. And it's not even – it doesn't it, – it may not even have the best spots for photography, but um, the van, the spots you can camp and they're a bit yeah. more laid back in South Australia than they are in sort of Victoria, New South Wales. You yeah, can sort definitely. Of, you can camp anywhere. You're allowed to drive on the beach. Um, yep. they let, they, they're, they're sort of way more laid back there and I think that draws me back a lot more yeah. even though a lot of the places, the photo – places don't seem to be the best or maybe i just haven't had a good luck as well but south australia is definitely my favorite state to drive to and go to yeah yeah i mean i think there's a lot of places there but uh i i just don't know that it gets the same sort of attention as you know your you know uh sapphire coast or your great ocean road and all those sort of iconic spots it's it, they're, they're fewer and further between over there, but I, I think there's I, I think there's magic spots uh, over there. Yeah, there's some amazing spots, and also yeah, like like you said, they're not as popular and people don't see them as much. Um, and I think it is down to like it's it's a long a lot of driving, a lot of places that absolutely yeah a lot of driving. But I go to these places like Christmas, like New Year's, and it's so quiet, like. Mm. There's just so many places that just absolutely, there's just no people there. Yeah. And it's just something you can't find in Victoria. It's something you can't find in New South Wales. That's it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Try, try and get a, uh, a caravan park for oh, yeah. uh, the Sapphire Coast in, in the middle of Christmas. It's, yeah. you know, you've got to book three years ahead. <laughs> and the, like I said, they're, they're way more laid back. And you can book a caravan site last minute for 30 bucks in South Australia. Like, yeah. they don't. They don't jack their prices up. They're real laid backs. And because I've got a dog as well, everywhere is dog friendly. Yeah, nice. Apart from national parks and things like that, which is fair enough, um, everywhere else, like they're just, they love your dogs. Everyone, 
we pulled up at a caravan park in South Australia and people have got their budgies with them. Like, wow. <laughs> their pets with them. Um, so they're, they're more laid back and they're, they've got less rules and, yeah, they're more my kind of people. Yeah, cool. Yeah. If you could retire at one of the places you've shot, where would it be? Definitely somewhere warmer. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sapphire Coast is pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm sure further up. Look, I probably Not that have, warm in winter, though. <laughs> no, so I think I need to go a bit higher. Um, I, I, don't, I probably haven't photographed enough of Queensland. Yeah, fair enough. That, to, to know that, but definitely somewhere warmer, yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice, nice. Somewhere where I can walk around all year in thongs and shorts and a singlet, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's the way to be. Yep. <laughs> What's the most memorable photography experience you've had? Oh, the, after going to Iceland, seeing the aurora yeah. is insane. Um, yeah. And I remember seeing it for the first time. It was pretty cool. But probably, like, if I can pinpoint something, it was seeing the aurora at Arctic Henge. And right. the main reason for that is it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. It, this is winter. Like, over there, the roads have got a layer of ice over them. And yep. This rental company to give us a van with no spikes on the tires, like it was hectic driving. Um, and this, we were in the middle of nowhere. There's not even a service station in this town. There's not a shop open. It's just like people hunker down and don't go outside their houses up there. There's no one around but me and a buddy that I went with, um, Mike Dyson. And this night, the aurora was so insanely strong and it would have flurries of just, it would just open up in purples and it would mm. just, it's hard to explain, but it was moving so fast. And yeah, right. Crazy things happened. Like if I didn't know about it, I would think like the world was ending, something's coming through here, aliens about to suck <laughs> it up. It was in Looked like a sci-fi special effect. Oh, it was crazy to the point where... I forgot to take a photo. Wow. I was so amazed and in awe with my mouth open and just I didn't make a sound, which is also weird for me that I don't make any noise. And I was just staring at it. I think about 30 seconds later, I go, oh, camera, take a photo. Um, <laughs> and I kind of missed the, these crazy flurries because I was too busy watching them with my eyes. Um, and, like, the shutter speed you would have had to have to capture these things would have been, like, one and five hundredth of a second, like they were just insanely yeah, right. strong, and um, that that was just amazing. Um, yeah. Be there by yourself with just one other mate, no one around, and it was minus twenty, freezing cold, which you yeah. don't even think about after that. And the fact that this was all happening, and I forgot to take a photo, shows just how amazing that actual moment was. Oh, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any horror stories? Oh, I've had a few. Yeah, I've had a few. Um, I had a bad run in Indonesia once um, where I the, the horror story was all with gear. I, um, I think the first, the first day I went, I wanted to go to the, the rice fields 
We've got this is probably a horror week, I would say, or two weeks. Um, the first morning, I went wanted to go to rice fields, but we got there very late, and I couldn't get a scooter in time. So I thought I would uh, I would I walk there. It was six kilometers there and six kilometers back. I walked there, and I got attacked by a bunch of dogs that morning, nice. um, and I ended up in the back of a random ute, which I then fell off and almost broke my arm. And I happened to leave my tripod in there, and then I had to go back to the bunch of dogs, the pack of dogs again. And it was actually my strobe light on my torch that actually kept them at bay. So that was the first instance. And I think two days later, I smashed my polarizer on a rock at a waterfall. And then a week after that, I was in a situation where I probably got too close to the incoming waves at a cliff that... I think it was something. It was called Dead Man or something. It was. It had the name to not go close, but I mean, yeah, don't don't stand at the edge. Yeah, yeah. and I, I sort of had a, a split second where it was me or my gear, and I grabbed a rock and let the gear go wow. in the water, and I um, managed to lose. I think it was uh, like a Canon sixty two. It was a a lens, a sixteen thirty five lens. It was a drone. Like I was underwater with my backpack on, with all my gear in it, and. Um, that was it. The end of that. All my gear was gone, and I spent the next week taking photos of my GoPro. Cool. <laughs> so that was you sort did. of probably the big horror week I had. Yeah. So you, you, the the camera was completely gone out to sea, bottom of the uh, bottom of the uh, bay. No, I, I managed to get it, but it was yeah, full of water. No it's good. Most, yeah. In the end, insurance paid for it all, so it was okay. But yeah. there was a lot of places where I was really could have got some cool shots, and I didn't because I didn't have a camera anymore. But that yeah. was kind of yeah, a horror, horror week of everything there. Was the card recoverable, or was it dead too? No, the card was fine. Yeah, the card. Oh, was that's fine. all right. Yeah, so I got at least, at least you managed to salvage some of the shots from before. <laughs> I got a couple, but yeah, no, it was a bit of a horror one that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> What have you learnt about the world through photography? What have I learnt about the world? Jeez, I might need more time for this one. Um, what have I learnt? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, photography obviously pushes me to get out at all times of the day, the morning, the night. So without photography, like I don't know if I would be standing out knee-deep in water shooting the Milky Way coming over, say, Dragon's Head Rock or something like that. Yeah, right. I just wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be in that moment. I, but obviously you'd probably be in bed or you can go out and you can look at it. Um, but a lot of these, you, you're obviously out for longer periods of time when you're taking photos. So things like that and sunrises and there's a lot of sunrises and sunsets I probably wouldn't have got up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's more about, yeah, the camera's taking me to these places and, and putting me in these situations where I'd never see these sort of things. Um, and also, yeah, just meeting people on the way. That's That's been probably the best thing. Like I've got friends now that I would never have met if I hadn't had a camera in my hand. And yeah, uh, obviously yeah. social media has been amazing for that. Um, one of the one of my, my best mates now who I see all the time and hang out all the time and drive across the country to see him, I met him in uh, Lavender Field in Tasmania. Wow. Uh, He's a quiet, a quiet little German bloke, and he wasn't much of a talker, but I was, and I think I just went up and yapped to him, and and then next time I was in Sydney, I caught up with him, and and now we we've been on many trips together, and uh, we're like uh, best friends now. So that's awesome. I would never have made that friend and known that person if I didn't have a camera in my hand at a lavender field, and 
in, in Tasmania. It's quite a funny story to say, where'd you meet him? Oh, Phil Lavender. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So let's let's talk a bit a bit about the process and how you how you actually get out there and get amongst it. Um, you know, you said you 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 chase these shots. When you get out there, are you sort of framing it up in your mind and trying to work work the compositions when you get there, or have you you know sort of started to settle down by then? By the time you're out in the field, around okay, this is this is what I want to do. Yeah, most of the time it's always by the fly. Um, I have a process and I, the images I want to capture, which for me usually are very action. I want to, I want to depict action and I want to portray danger, action, or and and put myself in positions that are uncomfortable. Um, so a lot of the times it's 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 more on the fly when I get there and 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 get into it. I'm usually trying to create a shot that shows action and that sort of thing in my shot. So generally I have an idea of how I shoot mm. and then when I get there it's more about finding that in that landscape at that yeah, time. Right. Yeah. So when you, you mentioned that you're not much of a, an editor or you're not much into, into that sort of yep. uh, side of things, how long are you spending? You know, 10, 15 minutes an image, or are you spending spend way too long? <laughs> hours or days? Oh, yeah, I can spend hours and hours and hours. So, coming back to my personality, I'm very OCD like, right, um, the wallet's in the same spot on the table every night, and everything's the same way. And I do things the same way, and then my editing is the same. I always go through my images with a fine tooth comb, and I can. A lot of editing a photo, putting it on my phone, looking at it, oh, what's that? Go back and adjusting things. And and I, I probably, I can spend hours, days on the same, on the same photo yeah, um, right. and constantly edit a photo, not like it, start from scratch, go again. Um, so even now that I've sort of got a way I like to do things and how I like to, to edit, even now I can spend hours and hours and hours and hours on them. Um, so... And I always edit on my computer at work. Um, like you won't find me. You generally won't find me. I will never take a photo on a Friday and you'll see it Saturday or Sunday. It's yeah, right. So my computer at work that's fast and I've got a huge screen and yep. I can see the little bits that need to get taken out of it. Yeah, um, right. If, if I'm at a beach shot and there's footprints, I'll take every footprint out, <laughs> every stick wow. and every leaf. And so, yeah, I'm a real stickler for little details that so someone will probably never notice. But yeah, yeah. if I post a photo and I see it, I'll be annoyed with myself that I didn't remove that that thing. And if I do and I see it later, it, it, it plays on me. And yeah. although I won't delete it or anything like that, like it'll it'll sit there and every time I look, I'll go, God, I missed that, didn't I? Um, <laughs> so I, I spend way too much time. Um, also, I'm, I'm self-taught, so I'm always playing with things and I I don't really – I wouldn't even say I, I know what I'm doing really half the time. I'm just yeah. just seeing what I like and what I like best. And- well, you, you're doing pretty well for somebody that doesn't buy feel as opposed to, you know, a, a, a specific sort of template, and and like the way I do things are very weird to people who know how to do things. Okay, and to get me to change my ways, it doesn't happen. So I've a lot of times 
a photographer, I've been with a photographer in the field and we've talked about our photos and stuff and they're like, how do you do this? And I'll tell them and I go, that's, that's, that's not right. That's not how you do it. <laughs> if you did it this way, it would be a lot quicker. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to do it your way. I'll do it my way. <laughs> and I've had that come up a lot of times where a photographer yeah. tried to help me out with a, a shortcut or something like that and uh, yeah, I'll just keep doing it my way, my long way. I don't mind. So yeah, I um, I definitely, I don't. Sometimes I don't, I don't like to share the way I do things, especially with editing, because I've got, I seriously don't think I know any idea what I'm doing. I just do things. Yeah, and right. Happens. And then, but then when I do tell people, I get a kick out of it because they just think, "Wow, that's super weird. Um, why are you doing that? <laughs> why are you putting yourself through that?" So I do get a kick out of that. And I, like I said, I like being different, and I guess I'm different with that as well. Nice. I mean, I, I, I got to say, I'm a bit the opposite. I'm always looking for shortcuts. If I can, yeah. if I can cut ten seconds out of a, a process, then then I'll do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then there are other things that I'm very OCD, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not removing sticks and footprints so much, but uh, you know, dust spots, anything that's you know, hot pixels or whatever on some of the long exposures, I, I'm, I, I've just got to get rid of them. I, I see them and I've just got to get rid of them. I can't can't leave it without it. <laughs> yeah. I literally know no shortcut keys hardly. Yeah. I oh, I, I, yeah, well, I, I come from an IT background, so I learned, learned the, the shortcuts as quick as I could so that uh, I, I can make it quick and quick and easy. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I guess talking talking about some of the weird stuff. So talk talk us through what you think is probably one of the weirdest things that you do. You know, without giving away too many secrets. Well, probably with, with editing, I I, don't, I never use masks. Okay. Yeah. I don't use masks. Like I, 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 I use them all the time. Yeah, everyone does except me. <laughs> <laughs> and constantly, I've said to people and shown people what I do, and they're just like. This is way harder. And I, I don't know. I think I might have tried it once or twice and it, I couldn't work it out. So I said, blow it. I'm not doing that again. Fair um, enough. And a lot of times I will use an eraser instead. <laughs> okay. If so I've you got put a, layers on and then erasing bits out. Yeah, okay. Just use the eraser. Yeah. Um, and people are like, why don't you just mask this and mask that? And it's a lot. They don't, <laughs> I don't know. I know. So that's one of the weird things. Like, um, and I, I don't usually have a lot of layers. I see the people like they're editing and they've got layers everywhere. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't really have probably a good workflow, but probably the, the the most peculiar thing that people sort of see with me is like I don't do I don't do layer masks, even though I use a lot of Photoshop. Um, and yeah, I just literally if I have um, with with my Astro shots, a lot of times I'll do a very long exposure for the foreground to stop some foreground noise. Um, and then I shoot my Milky Way and without moving my camera. And that's how I sort of eliminate the noise in my foregrounds. And I literally put the photo, because I haven't moved my camera, I edit both photos how I would want them in Lightroom and then put them both in Photoshop. And I get an eraser and I go, and I just erase that. <laughs> that's wild. What I don't want, um, where everyone would probably use a layer mask, I don't. <laughs> I think that, I mean, it, it's certainly working for you. So, you know, don't, don't change. Just don't do, a, don't do an editing workshop with me. <laughs> so you won't be won't be selling your uh, your, your secrets of Photoshop soon, anytime no, soon. No, because I look, I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So 
I guess, you know, in, in spending the, the time that you do, um, I mean, some of it, some might be added to because you, because of your process a little bit, but, uh, Definitely. you know, um, I, I guess, how do you, you know, I talked a little bit about how you feel when you nail it in, in the field, what's, what are you, what are you doing, I guess, mentally in terms of, uh, nailing it? in post-production and you know what, what are you thinking about when you when you're going through there yeah um i think it, it comes back to the actual shooting process as well so when i'm shooting i'll always shoot more than i need so yep i bracket all my shots i and coming back to where i like to find a comp and once i find the comp i'll shoot that and keep there so yeah, i always right. have a file information whether it's different flow of water or well and I have all my highlights and all my shadows and I have a lot of information so when I get back to the computer I've got plenty of stuff to play with got so, lots to work with yeah. and and I've got plenty to work with and plenty of usually a lot of information a lot of shots from the exact same composition um to work with and then I've now forgotten what you've asked me <laughs> <laughs> well Another way of asking the same question is yeah. the relationship between uh, how you process influencing how you shoot or how you shoot influencing how you process. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I think from – I'm very good at uh, – I wouldn't say very good at making mistakes, but when I make a mistake, I'm very good at remembering what went wrong and yeah, how right. to fix that next time. So. A lot of times I've made a mistake in the field. I've come back home going, oh, I didn't do that right. And I'm very good at learning from those. Um, and then when I'm out, I make sure that I I don't make those mistakes. Um, mm. I have all that. I think that comes back to then I've got all that information to edit with. Um, and then with me, it's a lot about feel. So the ed- editing processes are just how I, how I feel about the photo. And yeah. um, it's all about pop and wow, like, um, is this would I stop and look at this photo? Yeah. Um, and it, I sort of edit on on that based on that, and like I, I go, I'll I'll get the photo on my phone and I'll look at it, and then I'll go back and adjust from there. So a lot of that goes on, and that's why sometimes it can take me a long time to edit photos until I get it how I want it and how I want to get it right. Yeah. 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 So, do you think the the mood you're in influences how you how you process? You know, when when you're doing your processing, or you know, I I know myself when I you know don't feel like it when I'm not feeling it, I'll I'll just pack the stuff away and go and do something else because yeah, you know, it's just it's just not working. So you know that that mood that you're in and the feeling yeah. that you've got when you're editing, how did, how does that influence what what you're doing to the image? Yeah, I, I get very amped up on an image and a, and a, a moment that I've enjoyed and a, the shot that I've got in the field. Mm-hmm. When I get back, I've got about a week to get that photo edited. Otherwise, after that, I lose that. Feeling's gone, yeah. And that mood and the excitement, and I'm on to the next thing. So I really need to get back and edit that photo. And, and I'm very, that Monday morning, chucking the memory card, chucking the card in and, and getting that photo done and, and then getting it out there like that's I really feel like next week after taking the photo is where yeah. I sort of want to get the photo done and, and yep. edit it and and sometimes I might 
get three or four done and edited and they're sitting there and I can post them whenever, but it, it's about that week and that, that week I've got to where I'm amped on the, on the night and the, the shot to get it edited. And if I get past that and if I, if I don't do that straight away, they're the shots that will never see the light of the day because next weekend I'm going somewhere else. Um, yeah, wow. And, I'm, and and that's why I've got so many Iceland photos still to edit because I I got back and I knew which ones were my favourites and yep. I went in and did those and then I went out and took a sunset somewhere else here and then off I went with that and then that ball keeps rolling and, and I do know I've always got those photos so for a rainy day or a, a month yeah. I don't get out, I've got those photos to play with. But, yeah, for me it's it's getting it done in that first week and before I sort of move on to the next thing. Yeah, right. I was, I was going to ask, do you ever dive into the archive and, you know, pull something out from a couple of years ago or even, even a few months ago and, uh, you know, either take another look at what you did yeah. or or are you just sort of like, oh, that's done, I'm I don't do it a lot. Um, I generally move on to the next thing, but I, I do sometimes. And generally the reasons why I do it is if I haven't been out for a while or if mm. I haven't got something I wanted to get. Um, and I quite enjoy posting a photo. Um, and the, the Posting a photo and getting it out there and whether it's one or two people like it or more people like it, that's sort of, I like doing that. And, and then if I don't have that feeling, then I might jump back into the archives and, and edit a photo and there's always yeah, yeah, yeah. something there. Um, and that's, I think, why I've also got those those photos from Iceland still sitting there. So if I ever want to go back, I've got something. Um, if it's a rainy day and I haven't been out for a long time, I've got something to go back to and, and edit and post. And and then there's also some images of, of I've edited and I really, really love these images and I haven't actually posted them. So... Because I, I know once it's out and I've got that, I'll move on. Yeah, um, yeah, everyone yeah. says, like, oh, I'll post it. And I'm like, oh, but once I posted it, then I'll move on and I don't have that feeling of posting it. So <laughs> I guess I'm saving those ones for a rainy day as well. Yeah, cool. Okay. What do you do if you hit that creative wall and sort of go into a bit of a, a slump? You know, you're just not feeling it. You don't want to go out and shoot. You don't want to, don't want to edit. Does no. that ever happen? No, it hasn't really happened yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always, I always want to get out and shoot. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not really the only thing that gets me on my bum at home is watching sports. If there's sports on, I watch it. But I don't really watch TV shows and Netflix and things like that. And oh, sure. And if I'm not out every second week doing something, then I start to go a bit mad. So I don't really haven't really had that. Um, haven't really had that where I don't want to go. I always want to go. Um, yeah. And then with photography, it gives me that buzz to, to get out and do it as well. So I really haven't had that slump, I guess, when everyone couldn't do nothing when COVID was going on. Then um, I probably, sort of jumped back into the archives then, but as soon as they let me out, I was out. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you see as the biggest challenge facing photography right now? Hmm. I don't know. I think we've got past the, the biggest challenge already, I think. I yeah, think what's that? The last couple of years was, I hope that's the biggest we'll ever have, biggest challenge <laughs> we'll ever have. Um, because when you're taking photos, you've got to be outside. and Yeah, guess, being locked away doesn't help. I guess Victorians and New South Wales probably had it the hardest. Um, I would. Well, I don't know. I would say we Victorians and 
And yeah, um, I'd say Victoria copped it probably worse than worse than anyone else here, here in Australia anyway. Yeah, and like I've never had COVID yet. Still haven't had it. Lucky you, yeah. And I've travelled the world. I've been everywhere yeah. since and haven't, haven't managed to capture catch it yet. Um, and, yeah, I think that was probably the hardest thing is, yeah, we, we had a, a lot of months and where we couldn't go anywhere. You go yeah. five, We could go five kilometres from our house and yep. not much five kilometres from my house worth taking a photo of. So um, that was definitely the toughest, the toughest, I think. Because um, if you can't go outside, then... You can't really take many good photos, can you? Yeah, well, not, no, well, not if you're a landscape it. photographer, anyway. <laughs> well, it's 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 why I'm doing why I'm sitting here talking to you is uh, yeah we had yeah. 165 days of yeah. 5k limit and yeah. I'm in suburban Sydney and I'm yeah. sorry that just doesn't get me going. You know? <laughs> not as a landscape photographer. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I do mostly seascapes too, so there's there's nothing within 5k's that I can go and. Dude, yeah. there's a there's a couple of creeks, but they're yeah. just not not quite the same. <laughs> not, not the same photographing your stormwater drain, is it? No, that's right. <laughs> what do you think about the future of photography? Where do you where do you see it going? Well, judging like the, there's still, I think it might do a big circle around. I don't know. See, people sometimes are starting to get back into film now. Like, yeah, um, they, I I don't I, I don't know. I can't see it. There's always better technology, better technology out there mm. to create better shots, but I think people are still go back to the old ways and and yeah, I don't know. I um, I guess I haven't really thought about it too much, but um, I think it's fine how it is. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What's your favourite thing about being a photographer? I know you say you're not a photographer, but you know. No, I'm not <laughs> It's it's definitely the places you get to go and the people you can meet along the way and that that's that's the best part. Um, the, the the people I've met through it that I might never ever have met before. Um, and I'm a very chatty bloke, so if you're up on a mountain and I happen to be there, I'm going to chat to you whether you <laughs> like it or not. So yeah, the, it's it's more the places you get to go to that you might not have gone to, um, and then yeah, the people you might have meet along the way. That's that's definitely. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. What what's your least favorite thing? Uh editing photos. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough. a week I've got a week to get there and after that I I don't enjoy it. So hey. yeah. So what, what do you like to do when you're not out shooting or, or editing photos? Um yeah, still traveling. Um Outdoor, anything outdoorsy, whether it's mountain. Would you do it? Would you do it without a camera in your hand? Um, I would, but I generally don't anymore. I yeah. generally have a camera with me. It's most of the time because um, it's not that hard to just chuck a camera on yourself and go out. But yes, if if cameras were all of a sudden, you, no one's allowed to use a camera. I would still go out and see things and get up and do things and climb a mountain and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I always say, like, I think that's probably not going to be the case, but I think things like maybe there might one day there might not be social media or a place to post your photos or something like that, but I would still go out and, and take the photos and, and print yeah. the photos and enjoy enjoy that being out there. So, yeah, when I'm, when I'm not taking photos, I'm generally camping and camping or surfing or cycling or I spend a lot of time 
with my dog. You know, we go oh. on adventures, um, sports. I love sports, so I go to a lot of sporting events, music festivals, um, anything. Anything gets me out of the house. I think that that's a that's a great attitude. Um, we've all got inspirational photographers that you know we we like to see. Is there anyone in particular you think I should uh, be having a chat to? Um, I think over. I think the probably the the biggest the most influence I've had, and probably the only. Only person I've really followed to and learnt stuff from. Um, have you heard? You know, Mads Peter Iverson. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I think so. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I someone turned me on to his YouTube channel, and I started watching a lot of his YouTube channels. Yeah. His YouTube's and um, yeah, he. I think he sort of is a similar type photographer to me where. He was more about conveying the the big image and and mm. putting yourself in the scene to show scale and 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 his videos definitely uh, has probably had the most influence and inspired me the most. And yeah, right. Um, one of the best things I ever did was um, he has these photography maps that you can buy. Google, he can send you yep. a twenty bucks or twenty. $20 American, I think it was, and yeah, yeah. it literally sends you a map with all the locations pinned and a video that goes with that and the photo and information on how to get there and go there. Yeah. And I bought these for the Iceland trip and right, it was yep. the most amazing thing to have. Um, and he's obviously he's been there so many times that he, he knew places that I would have driven past and not known about. Yeah, and right. It was probably it was the best twenty bucks I ever spent on anything. Like my whole trip, I would just drive until he got to one of his maps and pins, and I'd go off and look at that. And mm. yeah, he, I've learned probably more from watching his YouTube channels than anything else. Um, more about scale and and composition and and conveying that big scale. That's probably who's that's definitely who's inspired me the most. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll definitely uh, try and get him on the podcast. You're pretty good. Yeah. Well, I've got one more question for you, and uh, for many people it's the most important. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been pineapple on anything. Yeah. Pineapple <laughs> pizza is the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't order it on a pizza, but uh, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy if it's there. I'm, I'm also ha- equally happy if it's not. My missus often says, why do you always get a Hawaiian pizza when you can get anything? Go to a fancy joint, they're putting goat's cheese on here and whatever else, and I'll go, I'll grab a Hawaiian pizza, thanks. Ham and cheese, yeah, way to go. Ham cheese and pineapple. All right, well, it's been brilliant uh, having a chat to you, Jared, and getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, where can people find your work? Uh, J-Rod Captures, J-R-O-D, J-Rod Captures on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, Yeah. Cool. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.